Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys, it's Mailbox Monday. Today is Monday, June 28th. It's the day of the podcast that I answer your questions, and you got a lot of them. We're going to talk about homeschooling, and we're going to answer the question, is God still speaking? Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. As many of you guys have heard by now, I am running to represent Washington State's third congressional in the race for Congress for the House of Representatives. We have a very important deadline coming up for fundraising. If you guys care about what's going on in this nation, if it is bothering you that the radical left is pushing to indoctrinate our children through the school system, if you care about what's happening at our border, if you would like to see school choice at the forefront of what we're talking about on the floor of the House of Representatives, I'm going to encourage you to join me in my run for the U.S. House of Representatives. You can support the run by going to HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. You can get on our prayer team. You can volunteer to help. You can absolutely sign up for our email address where we're keeping you guys apprised of what's happening with the campaign and what's happening politically with the issues surrounding Washington State. We appreciate your support and you can support us at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. This ad was paid for by friends of Heidi St. John for Congress. So I'm glad you guys are here today. If you're following me in my little trip around the country, we are wrapping it up. So I have flown, since I actually talked to you guys last, I've been actually flying from place to place and driving. So I'll fly and I'll meet my husband and we'll drive and then I'll fly to some place that I can't get to fast enough and then we'll drive some more. And uh, we've been out for about six weeks. We're heading home here pretty quickly today. My family and I, and that mean, I mean, all of our kids and my grandkids, I'm so excited. We're going to spend the next several days at the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. And if you guys have never done that before, you should, because it's awesome. And it's just a great opportunity for you to sort of see really firsthand what the Ark would have looked like, what it would have been like to live there. You know, can we prove what God said in his word is true? And the fact of the matter is God can be trusted and his word can be trusted. And so it's very exciting for me to be here with my family. And then after that, I'm going to be flying home to speak for a Republican women's event at home in Clark County, Washington on July the 1st. So uh, I'm home now. So I'm kind of excited. So on July 1st, I'll be home and we continue just to ask you guys for your prayers. Watch my calendar because a lot of things are coming up and I'm excited to just to see what God does. want to remind you also that at Firmly Planted Family, we are going to be opening up registration for fall classes. So if you guys are anywhere in the Portland, Vancouver metropolitan area, you're going to want to check it out. Firmly Planted Family, FPHRC.org. Firmly Planted Family is the nonprofit organization that my husband and I founded nearly 20 years ago. And we have been working to help families train their children in righteousness that they could become firmly planted by the streams of water that this psalmist talks about in Psalm 1, right? That yield their fruit in, in its season and its leaf doesn't wither and whatever he does prospers. And so the Homeschool Resource Center is a place of hope and healing and education and encouragement. And the classes that are there fill up very, very quickly. So you guys are going to want to check that out. If you're interested in homeschooling, they can help you there. There's a wonderful team of men and women there that staff the Homeschool Resource Center, and I hope you guys will check it out. Also, there's a lot of things, you know, I keep 
talking about, you know, all the things that are going on in, in the culture right now. And you guys are sending me your awesome off the bench stories, which I so love receiving. And I'm just going to keep reminding you, if you want to send me your off the bench story, go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. That is also how you can leave your questions for mailbox Monday. And that's also what I'm going to be uh, reading from today. So I love hearing from you. I love meeting you out on the road for the many, many, many hundreds and hundreds of you who have come up to me in the last several weeks and said, I listened to your podcast. Can I hug your neck? I just love it. We uh, God has given us a heart for you as just the listeners to this podcast. And if you want to support what we're doing, some of the best ways to do that, the very best ways to become a member of MomStrong International And also for that, you're going to get a monthly Bible study. You've been hearing me say now we're getting ready to launch a brand new study. My dear friend Jennifer Strickland is the author of Beautiful Lies, and we're going to be going through that study for the next several months. She is the guest teacher at MomStrong International, and I'm very, very excited. If you've ever looked in the mirror and hated what you saw, which that's almost every woman ever, Uh, If you've ever had the opinions of others steal your self-worth, if you've got hidden hurts in your hearts that say that you'll never measure up, this is the study for you and for your teenagers just to help them experience what it means to actually unwrap truth. And I'm excited because Jennifer Strickland is going to be teaching this study and she knows how you feel. She was in the beauty industry for 15 years as a model for Armani and many other places, Vogue magazine, Cosmopolitan. And uh, that industry left her broken and ashamed and grappling with her value. And she felt like she could never measure up to the impossible standards that were placed on her. And so, like so many, she sought affirmation from men, from the mirror. You know, you guys see this today, right? Where our, our daughters, especially, and even our sons, taking their affirmation from Instagram and how they look and how they measure up to other people in the hope that we can just be good enough in someone else's eyes and be accepted. And so this is the newest study at MomStrong International. You guys can sign up today and study with us in July and August and September where Jennifer will be the guest teacher. You're not going to want to miss it. Another way that you can support us is simply by uh, going to HeidiStJohn.com and I'll actually link back to it in the show notes today and just become a monthly supporter of the podcast. We really appreciate it. You can also support the nonprofit organization, Firmly Planted Family And our mission there is to help parents. And we are on mission, by the way, and are continuing to move forward toward planting homeschool resource centers all over the country, wherever they are needed. And so stay tuned for that, you guys. You can follow my run for Congress at HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. If you want more information about that, again, you need to tune into my brand new podcast, America's Town Hall with Heidi St. John. All right, without further ado, I'm going to jump right into your questions today. You guys are awesome. Thank you for turning those questions in. First one comes from a listener who said, my son and his wife messaged me and said that if I don't get the COVID vaccine, I cannot see our grandchildren. I have six children, five still at home. The youngest are six and seven and are homeschooling. I'm concerned that I could be the only one who gets maimed by this thing as I have an untreated parathyroid disease and living with it is already enough to deal with. The thing is, it won't just be me. It'll be my 14-year-old daughter as she is now eligible to get the shot, my husband, and eventually my two youngest, one of whom has high-functioning autism. I am not an anti-vaccine person. 
The children are all vaccinated, but this new one, I'm not sure about. I'm devastated and I don't know what God would have me do. Well, first of all, God would not coerce you. And that's what your son and his wife are doing. And frankly, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but shame on them for doing that. Shame on them. You don't coerce somebody into getting a shot. I am so sorry. We're talking about a virus with a 99.89% survival rate. And if your son is worried about it and he thinks their kids are going to get sick, then you got bigger problems than whether or not you're going to get a COVID vaccine. You guys, give this thing time. For those of you who have not gotten the shot yet, hang on. You don't have to do it. And I think eventually the truth is going to come out about this thing. I'm hoping that people go to prison for what they're doing. I've been saying this for over a year. The panic pimps, Father Fauci, all of them. This is wrong. You know, we're talking about a virus. I'm going to say it again, louder for the people in the back, with the virus at the 99.89% survival rate. And we've got people pressuring us to take this untested, unproven experimental gene therapy. No, no, no. And it sounds to me like you've got a, you've got already issues that you're dealing with, a parathyroid disease. You've got a child with autism. You guys, don't sacrifice your common sense for the son and his wife who seem to not have any. This response by your son and his wife lacks compassion. It lacks common sense. It's bullying. And they're threatening you with not being able to see your grandkids. And I just say shame on them. And I've got several letters like this in my inbox right now. And frankly, it's horrifying to me. It's absolutely maddening. And it It makes me, I'm sad for you. I can see why you would be devastated. So I guess FaceTime is going to be your friend. I don't know. I mean, maybe they'll come around, pray for him, but I wouldn't let them pressure you into getting a shot. You have no idea what this thing is going to, you know, what it's going to end up doing. And we, we're not going to know for a long time. We may not know for two or three years. But the numbers, you guys, read the VAR site. The number of people who are being injured by this vaccine is staggering. All in the name of a virus with a 99.89% survival rate. It's shameful. And so I would just encourage you, you know, you said that you don't want to do it. Don't let them bully you. You've still got five, five kids at home. Enjoy the kids that you have at home. Your son and his wife are grown. They're going to make their own decisions. This is a devastating decision for them to make as it will hurt their relationship with their parents and their other siblings. And that makes me sad. But I think we're seeing a lot of that right now. And so hang in there. You've got my, I'm definitely, I'm hurting for you. My heart's going out to you today, but I would not. I mean, if one of my kids was uh, pressuring me like that, I'd be praying for him, but I'm not going to let a kid bully me into getting an injection. That is just, it's maddening on a hundred different levels. Listener from Canada wrote in and said, what do you know about the leader in me program by the frankly Covey company? They are bringing this program into my son's classroom at grade three and it looks fine on its face. But as I dug deeper, I found a part where it mentions developing the whole person at school. This is social emotional learning. You guys wake up and not just solely focusing on academic achievements. This is where alarms went off in my head, and I need to re-listen to the social-emotional learning episode again. I thought about homeschooling often, but my husband is not on board yet, and he deals with severe depression, so I'm not sure how to handle it at this point. She said, also, thanks for continuing with your podcast, even when you're busy and running for Congress. Wish my vote from Canada could count. Uh, I wish it could count too, but thank you for thank you for saying that. Okay, a couple of things. So I did a little bit of research into this as it, I had the similar concerns that you did. And this program kind of leaves, it sort of creates a brainwash cult-like atmosphere. I found two blog posts in particular, and I'll link back to them in the show notes today. One of them said, the book that 
teaches the leader in me process recommends a quote ubiquitous approach where the language of the seven habits. So this is seven habits of highly effective people by uh, Covey. A lot of you guys have read that, including me, is inserted into the day's routine in any way possible. A lunchroom supervisor who sees a kid eating cookies before his sandwich might remind him to quote, put first things first. A history teacher might ask students if either side is an intentional conflict was looking for a win-win solution, also from the book. For some people, this approach feels forced, uh, because it is. At first, I thought people were kidding when they were working the language into every single conversation I was having at work, wrote a teacher. I was hearing things like, well, if we begin with the end in mind, then that will be a win-win for everyone. So let's be proactive and put first things first, and then we'll really be able to synergize. Seriously, people were saying these sentences. Then I realized that the language was so cliche and could be applied so broadly that there was no deeper conversation happening. Another commenter by the name of 2 by 2 by 2 mom wrote, It seemed to encourage everyone into black and white thinking about everything. And so this really is social emotional learning. I would be worried about it also. It has corporate ties and corporate quote vibes, which is concerning to me. So I think it's important for you guys to sort of just find out what's happening in your school. Another woman basically backed up what this woman was saying, and she wrote and said, this year, our school district is taking part in the Leader and Me program based off the book, Seven Healthy Habits of Happy Kids. Its mission is to develop leaders one student at a time. It's cute. They have seven habits. Be proactive. Begin with the end in mind. But first things first, think win-win, blah, blah, blah. With seven corresponding taglines and hand motions, little animated animals to encourage kids along, using the, quote, analogy of a mature tree to illustrate applying the habits to your life. When I went to enroll my kids at school this year, it was the first time I got the sense that something was different. It was subtle, but everywhere I looked, I could see the seven healthy habits. Our PTA hung posters and painted walls. They were visible from the moment you entered the building and on every classroom wall. It was so important, in fact, that the first week of school was spent learning the healthy habits, the hand motions, the taglines, and how, quote, through the power of common language, end quote, and understanding our students would discover on their journey just who they were were. Maybe you can sense my incredulous tone and I will say that on the surface it seemed just fine, but the more I heard about it and the more I witnessed, the more I have come to question and after tonight's symposium, I am puzzled. To have a set of values in and of themselves is great. I have no problem with my children learning leadership and accountability, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. but what has me puzzled is how and why this particular book, this program and these values are the ones that the school district had decided are good. When I began to ask around, not only is the program in my school district, but several surrounding districts in my area and then throughout the country and now throughout the world. She was saying, to be fair, I should tell you that according to the website, the leader in me is not an event and it's not a curriculum. It's a ubiquitous leadership development program. Uh, For those of you who don't have time to Google the definition of ubiquitous, it means, quote, being or seeming to be everywhere at the same time, omnipresent. One teacher in the video expressed great joy stating, the students are the most impressionable at this age. And so if you've got, so to this, I'll link back to both of these 
articles in the show notes today. If you have a check in your spirit, parents, I don't care what it is. If you got a check in your spirit about something, check it out. You know, do your homework because chances are pretty good that there's a good reason that it bothers you. This would bother me also. I wish the schools would leave this stuff up to parents, but they won't because it's not about reading, writing, and arithmetic anymore. It's about social emotional learning. It's about social engineering. It's about teaching your children the values that the parents should be teaching. Suzanne from Texas wrote in and said, Heidi, my son has been in the army for a year and they've just been told that the that the COVID vaccination will become mandatory as soon as as June. He is vehemently against the vaccination and will refuse it with a general discharge. I wondered if you have any insight or knowledge about this. I respect you and support you, praying for you. Thank you so much, Suzanne. All right. So I'm hearing from a whole bunch of you that this is being mandated. You know, one of the gentlemen that spoke to me in Iowa said the same thing. He said, as soon as they mandate this and I can no longer work for the army, if I won't get the jab, I'm not going to do it. And so again, like I told the the first mom who wrote in to me today, if the, where there is a risk, there must be a choice. You guys should write this down. Where there's a risk, there must be be a choice. And the COVID vaccine is not without risk. It carries great risk. It's untested. It's unproven. It's uh, It has not been approved by the FDA. Follow Dr. Ben Tapper, for goodness sake. There's so much wrong with what is happening right now in the culture. I can hardly even wrap my head around it, but I think your son is better off to get out of the army than get a COVID vaccine that he doesn't feel right about getting. Christine from Illinois, how do we move from a homeschool academic focus to home discipleship? Very simple. You start your day by being in the word. And when you are choosing what you're going to do for school, I always tell parents, you know, we want our kids to know that the Bible is living water. So that means don't make it into this a legalistic thing. In other words, that you have, that you feel like it's coerced or forced. You know, we don't want to coerce our children into studying the Bible. So we we open up God's word and we just read to them about how much he loves them. We might read out of a children's Bible when your children are littler. This is why I love Mom Strong International so much, right? It becomes uh, something that you can do every day with yourself and with your children in which you'll see everyone begin to grow. Knowing that the Bible teaches us that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. So do, are you teaching your kids to know the Lord? You know, when my kids leave my house, honestly, I care less about what career they go into. I don't care if they want to be a neurosurgeon or if they want to work for the transportation department or for the trash department. I don't care. I want them to hear from the Lord so that they can follow him and do what God's word said in the Psalms and walk in his word. The Bible teaches us that the student who knows the word has a lamp to his feet and a light to his path. And so I would encourage you start your day off by reading the word. And I, one of the things that we talked about quite a bit in Iowa, this happens every time I travel. We heard this in, in Illinois also and in Florida is, you know, mom saying, you know, my husband is not um, has not taken the position of a spiritual leader in our home. So dads, listen to me. Those of you who are listening to this right now, men who are fathers and the leaders of their homes, this is your God-given responsibility. It doesn't mean that you have to open up the Bible and start preaching from the book of Romans. You know, you don't have to do an exhaustive study or an inductive study and then uh, do an expository sermon on it. Just open up the word and read it with your family. Maybe start in the Psalms or start in the book of John and read to your family. Start in Genesis, for goodness sake. 
and read. And then when you're done reading, just pray with your kids, pray with your wife. Honey, is there anything I can pray about with you today? Kids, what can we pray about? What's important? What's going on in your life? And moms, if your husbands won't do it, you need to do it. And so pick up the word and just show your, you guys, it's living water. We need it. God's word, the lamp to our feet, the light to our path. And uh, I just want to encourage you to continue to move toward a home that's focused on discipleship. Uh, Heather from Arizona. Heidi, I'm a, a second generation homeschooling mom of four, and my husband was public schooled. When we started having kids, we agreed to homeschool. In recent years, however, my in-laws have become critis- critical of our children's progress. And now my husband is also starting to question our children's progress in certain areas of education and wants me to increase the length of time I spend homeschooling them each day equal to the amount of time they spend in public school. Ugh, this makes me sad. I'm struggling with the lack of support and understanding from my husband. I want my husband and I to be a team and I feel attacked. I've been praying, but how do I help him understand? First of all, he needs to understand that the reason that the school day is so long is because they're doing basically crowd control. One of the best things about homeschooling, and I discovered this a long time ago, you know, 20 some odd years ago, I learned that I could homeschool my two young daughters in less than half the time it was taking the public school to do it. So that length of time that your husband is referring to, that your kids that your kids would be spending in public school, over half of it is spent in crowd control and bathroom breaks and lunchtime and and her trying to the teacher trying to attend to 26 other kids. And so I was able to do with my kids in 2 hours every day what it was taking the school system 6 hours a day and frankly they came out ahead. And your worst day of homeschooling is going to be better than your kid's best day in the public indoctrination center, otherwise known as the public school. And so I think, you you know, your husband is just not educated about homeschooling and it sounds like his parents are. And frankly, those in-laws need to butt out. They're not helpful. They're dividing you and your husband and your husband needs to see that. You are his wife. And for the many, many years now, 32 years that I've been married to my husband, the, the number of times that his parents or my parents interfered in our marriage were very, very few. And part of that was because my husband at the very beginning of it was like, this is my relationship with my wife. And if we want your opinion, we'll ask for it. Now, this is the moving, right, that we talked about. For those of you who were with me in Iowa, I spent a whole hour talking to you about how you interact with your adult children. You need to treat them like adults. And for these parents that are coming in and they're criticizing your homeschooling, shame on them for doing that. They need to keep it to themselves. I promise you guys, listen to me. Fruit takes time to grow. For all the people in my family, and there were a lot of them, that made fun of me, that questioned our decision to homeschool, guess what? They're not doing it anymore. Why? Because the fruit is there. Fruit takes time to grow. Pray for your husband. Talk to him about how the time is spent in public school. And maybe he needs you to show him what you're doing with your children. But dads, listen to me. For those of you men who are listening, your homeschooling wife needs your support. And I don't have any more time to talk about this today, but I'm going to, I'm going to come back maybe tomorrow and we'll, we'll pick this up where I, where I'm leaving off, but you need to encourage your wife. And there were so many times that my husband would come home from work when all of our kids were little and I'm surrounded by six little kids and I'm trying to homeschool them and get dinner in the crock pot and make sure that the house gets cleaned and the, the dishes get done and the kids are disciplined and happy and all the things. And there were sometimes that Jay would come home from work and I would just be in tears and he would say, man, Heidi, you're doing a great job. And we both knew he was lying. <laughs> it wasn't a great job, but you know what? His encouragement to me and his gentle way of just loving us, it made me want to be a better mom. 
And there were days when I, I wasn't a very good mom. And guess what? Our kids are doing great today. So Heather, in Arizona, you got this. And I'm going to be praying for you. And I'm going to encourage you, talk to other moms who are in your situation. Get their encouragement. Have them praying. There is power in prayer. And uh, you need your husband to be a team player along with you and to come alongside and support you. So I'm going to be praying that he hears your voice more and your and his parents voice less in this particular situation all right you guys that's it i am out of time i had two more questions to get to i will get to them next time but i want to just thank you guys for writing in if you want your question addressed here at mailbox monday the way to do that is to go to heidistjohn.com forward slash mailbox monday we love you guys thanks for your support of this podcast and i will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.